Welcome in everybody to the Dynasty Mafia podcast. Antonio, Eric, and Keenan with you as always. And we've got a special guest tonight. More about that in a second. Happy May the Sith. Happy birthday, George Clooney. What's going on, Eric and Keenan? Happy Thursday. Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> I'm not. I'm never saying the first word from moving on. I'm going to let Eric uh, do so the Eric, honors. I wasn't done getting situated. Yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, Antonio, how about, how about yourself? How's everything? I'm great. I'm great. You guys ruined that. You guys ruined that. I'm going to bring in our guests. I'm bringing our guests. He's grateful, grateful enough to give us some time because he's a very, very busy man, writing for a lot, starting his own pod. The one, the only, bring it back over, friend, Jeremy Popolars. How are you, buddy? What is up? Mm, I'm pretty good. Nothing, you know, just busy, busy, and busier. Busy doing what? I don't know. Stuff that's not important, I guess, right? No, tell us. What, what, what do you got What do you got going on? Any good articles yeah, coming mean, out? You got, any sneak, you got a sneak peek for our listeners? Mm, well, they, you know, really. we know you write for us, but, uh, you know, who yeah, else are you writing vacation, for, Jeremy? Yeah. You, you, yeah, uh, you, you yeah. got absolutely freelancing. Yeah, I got uh, I got some articles over at Yards Per Fantasy. Um, a lot of it's over there. I also have some stuff over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, that's about it. I mean, I've done a, a one or two pieces for the Fantasy Scouts, but I don't do much with them that often. It's kind of like a pro bono whenever I feel like kind of writing something for them. So and then I uh, have a podcast, which is the Fantasy Football Playmakers. Uh, that airs usually every Tuesday. About eight, eight thirty, sometimes a little sooner, depending on what our guests can do. So, but yeah, other than that, just you know, getting on any podcasts I can and just kind of getting out there. Man, that's yeah. Other than that, that's that's a lot, man. I love that. <laughs> the life, the life of a of a guy without children. Yeah, that's coming up next year. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome, man. That's once that's we a say I guy. do, you know, that's coming. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's amazing, man. Well, much yeah. appreciated. Like I said, giving us some time. You, you are a true grinder. You are one of the deepest dynasty divers around in the community. Um, so again, man, appreciate you for coming by. So we had a really, a really fun week. We, we had the draft going on starting last Thursday, uh, coming up till now we have Cinco de Mayo. We've got May, May the 5th. We've got May the Sith. You know, May, May 5th needs to be some kind of a holiday. I don't know if you guys are Star Wars fans. Or, I'm sorry, Cinco de Mayo. Why am I blanking? And then you got May, May the Sith. Um, so what the heck did you guys do for Cinco de Mayo? What'd you eat? Anything good? Did you guys celebrate? El Canelo. <laughs> Dropping oh, them right now. El Canelo. Get it. I, I didn't go out, but I ordered out. I mean, just picked it up. But best Same Mexican day. place in Buffalo. Hands best out. Mexican place, place in Blaisdell. In Buffalo, yeah. just in Buffalo oh. in general, best Mexican in Buffalo. Very good. I'll second that. Thank you. Yeah, we I might think... want to mention that uh, you know Jeremy, the four of us actually grew up in Buffalo. We've known each other for, geez, what, 15, 20 years now. Um, it's been we pretty graduated nice. High, we we graduated, we graduated high, school high school eleven years ago. Yeah, don't remind uh, us three. Us three, not Eric. Eleven yeah. years ago. Eric's a baby. Is that crazy? My tenure is actually in a month. Yeah, I didn't even get an invite to that. So oh, wow. I yeah, I don't know. Like, what, so, to ours? Yeah. You didn't really? Get an invite? I don't yeah. even know if they set one up for Yeah, us. I got one. Probably like a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shows how popular I was in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll that's why you didn't get an invite. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, Jeremy running around the hallways every trade deadline when the Sabres were about to trade all their good players. 
and they traded Brian Campbell, and he's running down the senior wing. They're trading Brian Campbell for nothing, guys. They're trading Brian Campbell. <laughs> yeah, they're not smart. I think they've proven that. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, they haven't been good since that, like before that time. So yeah, I mean, that's scary to even think of too. Yeah. Um, but man, we got a draft to talk about. Um, you know, Jeremy and I, we were talking a little bit beforehand about the draft and, uh, you know, with you doing so much and focusing a lot on that, what, what was some big takeaways that you had from the draft? Yeah. I mean, I think there was a lot of surprise picks. I think, um, there's a lot of guys that went way sooner than most of us probably would have thought as like a fantasy community. And then there were some guys that, especially that I liked that fell really, really, really far, um, I don't know. I think a lot had to do without the lack of the combine, without them getting a chance to really get hands-on experience with these guys. I think they were taking safer players versus taking that risk. And I think that offensive line class was pretty deep and there was a big run on them in that second to third round. And it just pushed a lot of these guys back. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It seemed like a lot of, a lot of teams you heard saying, Oh, wow, they got great, great value for this guy that would have been a top, whatever player had they not yeah. yeah i think it definitely hurts with like the analytics side where it's like oh you have to have second or third round draft capital i think this year you might see a lot of outliers who were taken in the fourth who actually might be productive just because they would have probably been a second round guy if like the quarterbacks and the offensive line weren't as deep as they were this year or even the defensive side of the ball yeah well, there was an nfl executive that said that this is his first year where he didn't get a good chance to get to know any of the draft prospects. They just, everything was off film. They, they really didn't get to meet each other face to face. No combine. Like you said, um, a lot of pro days were canceled um, besides like the main guys, but, but yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like Jeremy said, it was definitely, I went from thinking that there would be a huge, amount of talent in second round um, fantasy drafts to to like a top seven now that I'm that I'm very confident in for fantasy fantasy and then there's those players that I was confident before the draft and then their landing spots kind of killed me are kind of killing my confidence on that and so I went from like having 15 guys that I want to like seven now yeah, that's another thing Jeremy and I were talking about was, you know, the, the coveted second round picks that people were talking about last year to start acquiring really doesn't seem like they're as coveted as they are now. I've actually seemed like I'm having some problems trying to sell my seconds now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that late second really took a hit. I think you still got that first. I mean, the first five picks in the second round, I think, are still pretty valuable. But outside of that, once you get into that five, to depending on how big your league is, if you have a 10 team league, then you might be all right in the whole second round. But after that, I mean, you're really starting to throw flyers from 17 to yeah. 50, whatever, however deep your rookie draft goes. Yeah. Well, that, that's going to lead us. Oh, Eric, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to add, um, but I, I will say in, you know, just standard 12 team leagues, I'm extremely excited to have any first round pick. Um, yeah. Like like you like we said, there are about seven to eight guys that we're very confident in, and there are a couple that you know after the the landing spots. But I'm still very excited to get those players and and think they all have a ton of potential. Yeah, I just feel like you know we're going to talk about our top twelve rankings. That's that's what we're going to go over our superflex um, rankings. Just kind of maybe do a couple debates or 
uh, advocating for for certain players and just kind of see some differences that we have. But like you said, any first round pick is really something that we're we're going to be happy with. And, you know, maybe that second round is kind of not a not a crapshoot, but you might be able to pick guys at the, the front of the second that you might find in the back of the second as well, depending on the draft you're doing, because, you know, us degenerates have multiple drafts. We don't just do one league. <laughs> Why don't you tell listeners how many drafts you want me to be you want me to attend in the next two days? Keenan, I too. Okay. it's yeah, all okay. mobile. I, I have no life, so that explains it. <laughs> kids, we've already established that. But like, three I'm, drafts. I'm like in three startups and four rookie drafts. So I think you can handle three rookie drafts, Keenan. I think yeah, Keenan, I'm doing a couple right now too. I mean, yeah, I was I'm texting them about our. Yeah, we're in that one. That team, you know, I'm texting them about our picks, Jeremy, and I don't even get. They're like, "Oh, who's available? Who's this?" I'm like, "Yo, get in the app." No, I'm letting you. I'm letting. I'm letting you run that league. And what? Well, once once uh. We don't win the championship. You're fired. I'm taking over next year. All right, that's, that's a tough. Fair. That's a tough league, though. That is. It is. It's a lot of good people. Yeah, there's a lot of good people in that league. What do we have? We got John Bosch. Uh, we got the Torch. dynasty. Tim Torch, the dynasty dads are in there. Um, Sideline Squib, Dynasty Drive. Dynasty dads. That's an awesome name. We should. We should. Did dynasty that. Diagnostic for Stompy <laughs> and Aton. Yeah, yeah, we should have. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk. Let's talk some fantasy. So, uh, what was a one of you, you know whoever wants to start, feel free. But who, what's the biggest riser um, that got impacted by this draft here for for you guys? Well, let let our guests take the honors on this one. All right, I'll go with like a little bit of a deeper guy that I probably answered a couple question with questions for on draft day, but as Des Fitzpatrick was for me, I think. The Titans took him early enough that it was definitely a head scratcher, but I mean, he's coming in good size, six foot two, two Oh eight. And he's got like four, four speed. So, I mean, he's a, he's a decent guy that just underproduced at Louisville because of their offense. And not many people had him on his radar. And now he's going to walk into what almost 200 vacated targets in Tennessee's offense. So, I mean, he's obviously going to be the second receiver, most likely to Antonio or to, uh, AJ Brown, but I don't know. I think he was a big riser for me. I definitely was a guy that probably would have been a fifth round draft pick in your rookie drafts. That probably is worth a mid third now, in my opinion. I mean, he's going to be a second receiver most likely. So, but that was my yeah. biggest riser. I think. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. I think uh, I think someone like Tutu Atwell for me um, might be a pretty big riser as as the offseason progresses. Um, the rookie. Uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to be able to play in the slot. I mean, they had Van Jefferson, and I was pretty excited about him. Um, but unfortunately, I, I wonder if Atwell's going to do that because he's like 5'8", right? 5'8", 160. Yeah, so Atwell, gained, He gained some weight. He reminds me a lot of like just like a more NFL-worthy player than fantasy, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah I hope he can become something there. Um, what about – well, like you said, with, with fantasy-wise – you know, as opposed to just rookies, do you have any specific players in mind that have maybe risen? Ah, uh, Mike you? Davis. I mean, oh, Mike, Mike Davis, Davis is a winner. I mean, okay. you know, what I mean, he comes out of that. They didn't really take anybody. They signed a couple undrafted free agents, but I mean, it looks like it's going to be Mike Davis's show there. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, it's going to be a tough. It's probably a tough buy at this point, but I mean, if you can get him and you're a contending team, he's probably worth. If someone still believes in all these rookies, you know, what I mean, send a. I don't know, two seconds. 
I would say it's worth it if you're oh, okay. going for it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Who else is there? You know what I mean? Give me two, two seconds for uh, for Davis right now. Yeah, he, he had a lot of I mean, he, ultimately, I mean, you're talking like the late second round. I mean, you're really, I mean, like a mid and then a late second. I mean, it really, you're not getting anybody better than Mike Davis. So, and if you're, you know, I mean, you're a tenth team in a twelve team league that needs that extra running back, it might be worth it. Yeah, and you know, it who, seemed. Go ahead, Anthony. I was gonna say it seemed like the NFL teams really didn't like the running backs at all in the draft this year, which you know correlated <laughs> Jacksonville Jacksonville did, but you know, I really liked Michael Carter. We'll talk to him about him a little bit later, but I really liked him and I actually thought he might have even creeped up to the early second and the guy winds up going in the fourth round. And that made me kind of reevaluate what you know what I was thinking with him. But I mean it was still what the fourth or fifth running back by that yeah. point. You still like him on the Jets? You know, I I think he's going to get the the one of the best opportunities. It's probably one of the best landing spots to get the amount of touches because I don't – I mean, I'm not really concerned. Tevin Coleman might take the first few games because he's just familiar with the system coming from San Francisco like, you know, Salah. But I do think talent's going to take him over, and Michael Carter's pretty freaking good. I mean, I, I really liked what I saw uh, from him. I just thought he would go at least a little bit higher, so that pedigree is at least there. Yeah. You say that – you. you you made a good point about, you know, him knowing the system because he comes from the 49ers. But what do the 49ers like to do? They like they to rotate. have – they like yeah. to rotate. And that's why, that's why uh, Trey Sermon and um, Michael Carter kind of scare me now is because if that philosophy is – if he's taking that philosophy from the 49ers and bringing that to New York where three, three four backs are, are playing each game, that hurts Carter's value – but that also hurts Sermon's value because he got drafted by 49ers and they have 20 backs. And <laughs> I think it's 25. And <laughs> I just I I I I put so much I had so many I have so much stocks in all these running San Francisco running backs where I'm like who are they gonna cut? You know, someone's gonna someone's not gonna make make the uh, team. The reason I'm I, I like it, like I, I definitely love Michael Carter's landing spot, the Jets. There's not a lot of competition there. Um, and with Thurman, I mean, all of these guys ahead of both of them all like to get injured quite a bit. Um, so I think both are going to fall into a decent amount of work in their rookie seasons just just based off of what competition they have in the guys ahead of them, like like Mostert, for example. He's going to be a big faller. He's you know what I mean? I mean? My bold take, he's going to get cut. Oh, okay. I, I, think they like can save, I think they can save a lot of money, if I remember correctly. I think, yeah, I think you're a right. A lot of money getting rid of them. And I now they, they can roll with last year. Now they can roll with they <laughs> oh, can they roll with Sturman. Year, yeah, before they re-signed him, I thought they were yeah. going to cut him, and I thought Tevin Coleman was going to get the show, but that didn't yeah. work for we can, me. We can slide back to Eric in a second, but like you know, what I mean, they can just cut him, and then they're going to run with Wilson Sermon, Elijah Mitchell. You know, what I mean, Jermichael Hasty. I think oh, yeah, exactly. they did yeah. draft Elijah Mitchell too. I, yeah. I forgot they drafted yeah. Mitchell. And, what, and, what are they doing? They just keep drafting, like he said. Well, he said Jermichael. <laughs> he, he said to Michael like, Hasty. I mean, they drafted him last year. They they've drafted multiple backs. I think for the last two or three years. It's, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but and then like I don't think either back is necessarily a special talent at, by any means. But just you know, when you're talking about opportunity, and, and when it comes to fantasy, I, I think you know those are the next two outside of the top three in this draft. For me, those are the next two guys for sure. Um, who I'm taking at the running back position and who I think has 
the best possible, um, you know, spot to uh, have that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think you went from, I mean, you really got seven guys. It's about all you can pick from, you know, you got the top three and then it's probably Sermon, Carter, Gainwell, and Chubba Hubbard after that. Yeah. The rest are yeah. just kind of, they just killed in draft capital. I loved Kylan Hill. I loved him. Tape, everything. Kylan Hill just screamed, this guy can definitely become a lead back in the NFL. He falls all the way to seventh and lands in Green Bay. You know what I mean? Another draft favorite that a lot of people liked in Jermer Jefferson. I mean, he ended up in Detroit. I mean, he's buried. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think it just proves that this class just probably wasn't as good as we all thought. Chubba Her- Herbert's buried too. Yeah, but, I mean, we don't know what CMC is going to do. You don't know how they're going to – I mean, they took him pretty high. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, I think I, he's more of a – it's like a high-end handcuff. You know what I mean? If he gets a shot, if CMC gets hurt, you know what I mean? Hubbard's going to be real I, I like I like his more long-term potential Like yeah. after CMC's gone. Um, I, I mean, but at the same time, I think CMC still has plenty of years left. Um, but like he said, a high-end handcuff that down the road could potentially be a, a good replacement for them. Yeah. Oh, all right, man. I liked it. That was some uh, that was some good discussion there about some non top twelve players uh, <laughs> that we will not be just that we will not talk about. No, I like that that we're not going to talk about. So we're going to shift over now to no, no, no. I love all of that. I'm glad we got to divulge because we are going to talk about some Michael Carter and some Trey Sermon again. But I wanted to get some deep dives out of the way. Um, so now we can discuss our top twelve. Uh, before we do that, though, make sure you are following all of us. You catch me at Antonio Denisi FF. You catch Eric at Big E underscore FF, uh, Keenan at Keenan underscore 716, and Jeremy at Pope's FFH. Uh, so make sure you are following all of us, especially, like I said, Jeremy's got a bunch of good stuff on all the rookies. He's got – what are you putting together right now? A bunch of threads? Uh, yeah. I mean, I have that rookie thread that's kind of pinned on there. It's old rankings. It's pre-draft. So, I mean, you got to kind of cycle through it, but it can give you an idea of, like, there's some film ducked in there and everything, and you can kind of just get an idea of who the players are if you like them. And then I am currently working on like a dynasty or like a fantasy outlook type threads now where they're just just basic stats from like last year, like the percentages that the offenses ran and like target opportunities for like running backs and wide receivers. It kind of just like what they all did in the past couple of years as teams to kind of give you an idea of really what the landing spot does for these guys possibilities. And then I kind of just break it down how I feel about what they're walking into, I guess. Awesome. Awesome. You've always got some good stuff. So I'm excited to see all that coming through. Antonio. Uh, all right. Sure. Not, not to put you on the spot. Um, how do you feel about Miles Sanders? I know you're a big Miles Sanders fan. He did ask my riser. He was my riser. Miles Sanders was? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love it. Well, because, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a huge Hurts fan, which I have said in the past. Um, but now you add Smith, you still have, um, um, oh, wow. I'm drawing a blank right now. So Rager. Rager, sorry. Uh, you still have Jalen Rager. You got, you still have Zach Ertz. You got Dallas Goddard. For now, they well, could be for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, um, I'm just saying they drafted kind of uh, gain gain well, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was just wondering how how you feel about that. I feel just fine. Gainwell can he can get some catches, but Miles. I don't think they the even best. compare in talent. So well, they I'm don't. Not, they don't. Worried. But my point is, a week ago when we did our show, we had gain Gainwell in our top five and in, in our running backs. So there's a chance. 
Oh, here we go. Do we have to rewind the show? <laughs> but, I think it just proves how bad the class really was. You know what I mean? It just. I mean, it I, really, think I think I you're going to get a lot of James Robinsons this year. Someone's there's be two or three of them that are going to come out of nowhere. I just don't know. I just feel like the running back market so saturated. Where are they coming from? You know what I mean? What team landed one that? I mean, you got Gerard Dokes in Miami. That's about it. I mean, you could get someone out of Atlanta, even though I just said Mike Davis is fine. But they signed a couple undrafted free agents. One was Javanian Hawkins. I mean, he's a speedster. He might make it. But I just I wonder though, like because because like like we were saying you have teams that didn't address you have teams that you thought were going to draft running backs. Didn't do that. You know, the bills people thought were going to add, they didn't Miami. People thought they were going to add Atlanta. Like those guys didn't. So I'm sure they thought they stunk, but some of those guys are going to rise from opportunities, you know, like, yeah, I was, was going to mention, yeah, like, like, like you're saying, um, people like are some of them rise. are winners for me, but yeah, like, but I think overall, um, the whole running back landscape is just way better than what it has been in the past. And I think we're going to notice that even more when the season starts and a lot of these guys start to get injured. Um, and I think that's when we're going to see, okay, maybe this class really was a little bit better than we thought after the landing spots because they're going to have that opportunity to show themselves. But they're going to need those injuries to happen to, to get some of them to, you know, to get there. Like Chuba, yeah. for example. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Game that makes sense. That makes Chuba sense. Would, yeah, he, Chuba would have been a second round pick last year if he would have came out. Uh, I was so excited for him. He got so supplanted. Mm-hmm. All right. People that didn't get supplanted, though, our top 12. Number one coming in, Trevor Lawrence. I think that's pretty easy. Uh, like flex, I said, this was, this, I, took, I was going to say, like I said, this is top 12 super flex rankings. So we do have to preface that. You're going to see a couple more quarterbacks in this top 12 than you generally would in a non-super flex or one quarterback league. Um, and it's just a regular tight end, no tight end premium, um, no premiums at all. So Trevor Lawrence comes in for all of us as a number one. I think that's pretty easy. Uh, but Keenan yes, sir. or Jeremy, either of you, I guess, I, I just want to know where would you be ranking Trevor Lawrence right now? Where do you have him as your quarterback? And – is he the real deal? Is he going to come in and have the potential to throw 30 touchdowns? Uh, Paul, Paul. I have 13 through 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. I have him right after that first tier. Of, I mean, that first quarterback ones, I guess you could argue. I think he's the real deal. I think that he's proven it. I know that there's a lot of argument out there that says, oh, we never got better. He always threw for 3,000. He threw around the same yardage, same touchdowns, blah, 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 blah. But like my argument to that is, is that maybe he's just been that good. Like you're playing, he could be playing like to what, what's he playing for now? He's already proven that he can throw over 3000 yards, 30 touchdowns or just repetitively. You know what I mean? At this point, it's just like, okay, it's just easy. And I I, think I agree with that. So sorry to cut you off, but I agree with that so hard because people don't realize he was the top prospect coming out of high school and it carried over into college. It was, he was so great that, you know, I think those years just kind of, like you said, people like, where can you go after he, that? Yeah, he could almost be the argument of like how basketball has it where you don't even really need to go to college. Like he could be that argument that that first year that he came out as a freshman that he could have possibly made that jump to the NFL. I don't know if he would have succeeded, but like his stats and the way he played seemed like he possibly could have made that after either the junior or sophomore or the freshman or sophomore season and jumped up into the NFL. But 
that's my argument to it. I just think that hands down, I think he's the real deal. I don't think you have much to worry about. I think there'll be bumps in the road. I mean, he's a rookie quarterback. Um, but as long as Urban Meyer is the real deal and they kind of scheme it where he can do what he does best, I think that he's going to be perfectly fine. Hopefully that road takes him to a super cuts, but, uh, <laughs> Hey man, he's sunshine, you know, you gotta but, keep, remember the Titans out somehow, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree. But I mean, with that Clemson team and had so much talent and so now he's, he's coming over to Jacksonville. Talent came with him. They did. Listen, I mean, there's a listen, lot of talent in Jacksonville. Listen, they listen. Then, then you can't. Then you guys can't give Mac Jones shit because everyone wants to give him oh. him 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 crap for you know for for having a great season last year. And everyone says, "Oh well, look at the talent around in Alabama." I mean, that's that, that works the same way for Trevor Lawrence. So no, and that argument's. But I, I mean, I've had that argument too before, where it's like, how do you compare this? Okay, Trey Lance came out. Say Trey Lance throws for three thousand in the FCS with nobody or even Zach Wilson's the better one. Zach Wilson comes out. There is no one coming out of BYU. He has nothing. You know what I mean? Throws for 3000 yards. So what says that his 3000 yards isn't better than Mac Jones's 3000 yards with three or multiple first round wide receivers. You know what I mean? So, but then you look at the, argument, but you know? then you look at the competition that he's facing. That's what I mean. You know? you know, it's, it's, it's give and take, but um, I, I think, I think he's, uh, for uh, so if I you're going to compare them, sorry, if you're going to compare them, uh, Zach, you, you, it was Zach you Wilson. You cut me off again. We're going to have a problem. You cut me off all the time. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> but the difference for me between Mac Jones and, and Zach Wilson is, yeah, nobody's coming out of BYU, but Zach Wilson still made his name and still the second guy in this class, and he made all of those players at BYU. No, there's no big names. But they were still a really good team, and he was still great there because that's how great he is. Whereas Mac Jones, like you said, had so many great players around him. How is he really going to be with nobody? Um, I feel like Mac Jones is kind of like one of those. He's like a Kurt Cousins, Derek Carr. You know, he doesn't make anybody better, but if he has a decent team, he's going to be good. God, you know I what I mean? Hope I hope you're yeah. right. As Bills fans, well, I hope you're right, Paul. He I went to the right, right place. He oh, went he really to did. Of, I mean, as much as we want to say San oh, yeah. Francisco would have been great, that other place that was great for him he landed in and that's new england i mean saban nick saban alabama's head coach and bill belichick know each other they won very similar systems and i think they obviously had uh, they had this plan all along i mean you know that the talent talent that they're adding you know we'll say in quotes was not to build around cam newton um not at all so let me ask you this though back to trevor lawrence trevor lawrence or joe burrow tied yeah you gotta pick one, man. I gotta pick. Hey, who would you rather have? I'm gonna go with Burrow because it's tough because okay. it's an ACL injury, but I think that Burrow proved it last year that he can he can play in the NFL. You know what I mean? Yeah. He looked real good with no offensive line. Yeah, right now I'm, I'm Burrow also, just because he proved it. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence comes out, ask me a week eight. Trevor Lawrence comes out and he's ripping it up for eight weeks, then I'm gonna switch real easy. Even then, though, even then, I don't know because with Jamar Chase now, he's gonna yeah, Jamar Chase and T Higgins for the rest of their careers. You know, oh. potentially. I mean, I mean, he's gonna, be, he's gonna be really. I mean, obviously, they need to upgrade that offensive line, and well, he won't uh, have time to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I mean, they, I, they need upgrades still, but with those two two weapons, um, I, so young in their careers. Even Tyler I'm, Boyd's I'm not that old. They hold on to him. Yeah, he's what, 25, 26? Yeah, I think he's early or mid to late 20s. But like, 
I mean, this is the year, I mean, for Joe Mixon. I mean, he should have no right. problem running the ball because they have to cover three wide receivers if Drew Stamp- Sample takes a step. I mean, this is a proven year. They didn't need to get Panay Sewell. They needed no. to make their quarterback happy, which is exactly yeah. what they did, leading us into discussing, you know, Jamar Chase. He is the number one wide receiver for all of us, uh, which I think makes a lot of sense. But I, I mean, I don't know if I'm, you know, cuckoo for freaking Jamar Fields or geez, <laughs> Jamar Chase or what, but like I I think the guy's gonna be a top ten wide receiver next year. Next year. Twenty twenty two, sorry, twenty twenty two. Like he will be a top ten potential top six wide receiver, but like this year, I think he has a very good chance to be the Justin Jefferson and finish his top twelve. I definitely think he's top twenty four for sure this year. This year, yeah, yeah me too. I, I think he's top twenty fifteen. Honestly, top fifteen. I think. Why don't you, why don't you keep going? Top ten. Uh, I think he's like, like I, um, What was I what's, what's the latest updates on Burrow's injury? Is he going to be ready week one? Wasn't he throwing or uh, there was a video of him running or something like that? I think he's still on track, but we won't. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm I, I'm really high on him. I think he's fantastic. Very high on him for Dynasty. This year, I don't see him getting there. Just with the amount of competition, Burrow coming back from the injury, um, they still need to upgrade that offensive line, regardless of how much talent is there. Um, I think with all those factors, he does. You know, maybe top twenty-four for sure. Uh, top fifteen, top twelve is is a bit pushing it for me, though. I, I, I know already with how often Burrow for was this year, football. for this year, right, right, and and I'm saying for this year, like I with how often because I got to work on my my stats soon, but like Burrow was throwing near 40 times a game. I really think Jamar Chase has a chance for 150 targets. I think that goes down a little bit now with his injury. Especially, I remember seven I game. So. I think I think that goes. Yeah, that's one extra game. Um, but I think that goes down because I think. That coaching staff got a lot of crap and he after his injury for for allowing him to throw the ball that much. So uh, I'm the only well. one that has him. I'm the only one that has him uh second overall. You guys all have quarterbacks, and they're all different quarterbacks, ironically. <laughs> so I wanted to maybe have each of you give your give your case for why this quarterback is that second quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence and how far are they from that number three quarterback that you have? Uh, our guest, Jeremy, why don't you tell us who your second quarterback is? Uh, I'm going to say congrats bears nation. Finally, you know what I mean? They uh, finally have a quarterback. I mean, mine's Justin Fields. It's always been Justin Fields for me. Um, I think that he's another one that kind of has had at least repetitive seasons of producing decent numbers. Um, there are things that concern you, but he reminds me of just like, he's got a good rushing floor. He's very athletic. He, um, there's things that concern you though. You know what I mean? He does toss it up into the center of the field at times. Like he kind of plays hero ball sometimes, but I just think that for me, he just seems like as the safest of the, the rest of them, they're all very just like risky. And I just feel like he was always close. It was always Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields for the last couple of years. And it just, I don't know. For me, I think landing in Chicago is a good spot. You're going to go into it with a bona fide wide receiver one, a decent run game. I mean, David Montgomery is not like flashy, but I mean, he gets the job done. And then Daryl Mooney looked pretty good last year. Cole Komet's there. I just like the weapons. I think that hopefully Nagy can scheme something up with them. And I mean, we saw what he did with Mitch Trubisky, who turned out to be not very good. So, and I think Justin Fields is much better than Trubisky. So, 
So do you think this is the best quarterback Allen Robbins has ever had? Hands down, yeah. I, his deep ball is beautiful. I think that he's just going to – he's the, probably arguably the best deep ball thrower in the class. So I just think that Allen Robinson's going to eat, and I think Daryl Mooney too. I mean, last year they were creating separation. They were open, and, I mean, you saw the throws from Foles and Trubisky at times, and you even saw it. I mean, Trubisky looked pretty good at the end of the year when he came back in. I mean, I just think with a good quarterback, that Bears team could be pretty pretty scary. You better put some respect on Blake Bortles. <laughs> you know, I picked up Blake Bortles like three times in Superflex leagues when he got signed, even with the Broncos, and they wouldn't start him. They started <laughs> Kyle Hilton. Yeah, too many chances for him. Uh, Keenan, who, who's your second quarterback? Uh, mine's Trey Lance, just because he's on the, the best team out of the remaining quarterbacks, and he has one of the best offensive-minded head coaches. He, had, he has the best tight end. He probably has the best running game. And he has one of the best wide receiving cores in the league. So to me, it's a no brainer. And and he's gonna sit sit a year where all these where the other quarterbacks are gonna be forced to play. That was what I was about to ask you is yeah. now the your second quarterback That's, will probably have to sit a year. So you're you're essentially wasting that pick for twenty twenty one. Not wasting it when he's going to be a, one of the best quarterbacks in the league in a couple of years, right? Right, and that's what that's that investment you're taking now. But if if you're still the win now quarterback or win now team, are you are you drafting Trey Lance? Yes, you always take best best available. You don't reach. That's when you have bad drafts. I mean, it's honestly, if I was a good team and I was sitting at two, I'd probably trade it. Well, yeah, if you're in a super flex, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Okay, but, but if you're All drafting right. that, if you're drafting that two. You're most I'm likely, assuming you're bad. You're uh, most oh, yeah, likely a bad team. That's unless, very true. Uh, unless you're Alex Nikoloff and you trade me one one three years in a row, and and I'm drafting one <laughs> one three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Eric, who's your second quarterback? Did not change before or after the draft. It is Zach Wilson for the New York Jets. Um, you know, like I said, talent wise, I think he he's above all of these other guys. Um, and to be honest, I think he has one of the best wide receiving cores in the league, maybe because I'm I'm high on Elijah Moore, um, but now he's got Elijah Moore. I was high on Denzel Mims, um, and now he's got Corey Davis as well, who obviously you know, wasn't what everyone thought he was, but what he showed last year, I think he's still got plenty left in the tank to, to uh, provide for Zach Wilson. Um, <clears throat> they add Michael Carter. Obviously, when you're talking this year, the team still needs some work. Um, but there's a much better system there in New York, much better coach. And, you know, I just, I, I think he's got everything he needs there. Um, they're obviously going to add a few more, add on the offensive, uh, offensive line um, and obviously upgrade their defense, hopefully eventually, but, um, or maybe not hopefully, you know, as a Bills fan, you know, whatever, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just think, like I said, yeah, I think he's got a good opportunity and a, and a pretty good wide receiving core there. And the talent, talent will take over. All right, man. I, I'm, I'm actually pretty. I think I'm the lowest on Zach Wilson. You know, but before the, before I guess, <clears throat> before I go on, I'm going to tell you guys why I don't have Fields there like everybody else. Um, honestly, I, I don't think it, it's a good landing spot. Sure, the weapons there. He's got good weapons, but I don't think Nagy's as great of a coach as everyone really thinks he is. I mean. Look at what Mitch Trubisky was. He he was he was somebody with obviously he didn't have a ton of experience, but he had a lot of raw ability. He needed to be developed, 
and Nagy just completely failed. He actually made him worse. Um, and what is Fields? He's he's a quarterback with a lot of raw ability that needs to be developed. Can it happen? Uh, sure, because the weapons. I think I could argue with it needs to be developed. I think uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he just isn't isn't that great. I think I think he actually might have got the most out of Trubisky as he could have. I just think Trubisky. Trubisky reminds me, Anna, and this is going to make Eric mad, but reminds yeah. me of Zach Wilson. I mean, you know what I mean? He had one really good year at UNC, and they drafted him high. Zach yeah. Wilson's the same thing. I mean, came out of BYU, yeah, and but I, I mean, mean it's, it's a smaller school. But I mean, Zach Wilson looks much a better, better arm. Well, I, yeah, better arm. I will, I will say I that. I mean, Nagy, Zach Nagy, definitely has Nagy more talent, also. But. I mean, in two in two thousand was it two thousand eighteen? I believe it was uh, Trubisky's uh, good year, and then when it transitioned to two thousand nineteen, you know, he, he wasn't running nearly as much, and I think you know that part taking that part of his game away hurt him for Trubisky. This is saying, um, yeah. Uh, I guess that's but, the hope, you know. I mean, I guess if Nagy tries to keep Fields in the pocket, yeah, it might hurt him. But if they let Fields be kind of like a rushing quarterback, more or less, and, and I don't think he will outside, because but, he didn't let Trubisky, and Trubisky yeah. was good at it. So I just I don't think he does. And um, and like I said, I mean, sure, if you guys don't think he needs to be developed at all, I mean, sure, but he definitely needs to kind of speed up his game and develop himself a little. He needs to get better at his reads. <clears throat> I know this year he showed that he was progressing in that, but if you want to argue the whole one year thing, sure. He only showed it for one year. Um, so I want to see more of it. All right. That's fair. fair. That's very fair. Uh, Eric, not to waste your breath or anything, but your third overall player is Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Apologies. Najee. He did. He did correct everybody. Uh, yeah, and Jeremy has him at eight. I have him at six, and Keenan at seven. Why don't you defend yourself as to why Najee is your third overall player in a super flex? That's your first uh, skill position player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, a lot of these quarterbacks, like you know Trey Lance, who is my third quarterback, he's going to be sitting a year probably, um, <clears throat> and needs time. And I just think, you know the running back position is the cream of the crop in fantasy football and you know, him landing in pit to me is a dream landing spot and a perfect landing spot for him. Even after big Ben's gone, Mike Tomlin is still going to be there and has always had a great run game. And yeah, I, I don't, it's just a perfect fit for me. Uh, you know, just how valuable the running backs are in, in fantasy football. I just, you know, that that's where I got him. Yeah. I was listening to, uh, fantasy football today over at cbs and they had the stat for Najee harris and well and just pittsburgh in general and it was what 14 seasons as a head coach for mike tomlin he's had 11 of those seasons with a running back averaging 15 or more carries and eight of those seasons with 18 or more carries so he's basically had a bell cow like i said 11 out of those 14 years so you got Najee harris possibly coming in Almost it was the, 300 touches. It was the best possible landing spot for a running back in this class. I'll argue that. I don't think so. I think their offensive line's trash. Oh. I think Najee Harris is going to struggle. Weren't they not able to run the ball at all last year? Yeah, and it wasn't all they Connor, had so. Okay, but look look at the talent. I, agree so, with I mean, that. do you think Najee right. do you think Najee Harris is not talented? No, do you I think, think he's, he's less think talented he's, than Anthony McFarland and I think he's talented, but I think that he's always ran behind a very good offensive line. That's always given him time to make the move and get downhill. 
And he doesn't run downhill. Everybody's, I mean, he does, but he doesn't run like a 230 pound back. He's trying to make you miss. He's a Le'Veon Bell, just a lot bigger. Yeah. He's you know what I mean? He's trying to, he's prime. Yeah. He's trying to make you miss and he's not really trying to run you over. And I'm just worried that coming to an offensive line that actually really struggled last year. And yeah, they added a couple guys, but they're not really great guys. They're pretty bad run blockers, kind of according to pro football focus. And they just, it just, I'm just concerned. You know what I mean? I, I don't think he's not going to succeed. I just can see where he might struggle because he's going to an offensive line that he might be getting hit in the backfield pretty quickly. And I don't know how he's going to do with that, you know? And that's fair. But I guess for me, when I'm thinking fantasy, he's very talented. It's a very good, good landing spot. And yes, you know, obviously the offensive line struggles, but if you're telling me he's potentially going to get 300 plus carries, then in my in my opinion, he's 100 percent worth worth the third overall pick. Oh yeah, I mean he's so, gonna he's gonna yeah, get so. 200 plus probably. Oh, he's so, easily gonna get 200 plus. The question is, yeah. is he gonna get 300 plus? Because he's 100 percent in my opinion. Um, you not think so? No, I, I I think that you're right. I mean, I don't think they're gonna hand the ball to Snell anymore. I mean, very yeah, rarely. Yeah, I, if, I just if Najee's I don't think, tired. They might, but yeah. like. Uh, yeah, I just I don't think either of these guys even even compare to him. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so with all the hype last year with Edwards Hilaire, and he wanted being a first round pick come redraft time in in August and September, are, do you think that Najee's going to be drafted in the first round? You think he might get that high with all the hype redraft in a one QB? Yeah, in one QB, one QB. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think that's a good end. shot. I feel yeah. like he might maybe. Be up there. But like, one, like I said, one there's nine, a lot one of, ten around yeah. there. I th- I think it's I think people will want like the unknown, and a lot of backs like like Hilaire will drop into the second and third round, and they'll take the risk on Najee Harris. But like Eric said, Pittsburgh is always known to run the ball, and I think a lot of people will have tunnel vision, and just because he's on on the Steelers and usually have they have a good run game, I think a lot of people. We'll assume that they'll have a good run game this this well, year. And, and like you were saying, Jeremy, their line is not that great. And I can bet you that I mentioned the 14 but, seasons, 11 of the 14. I bet you those three, they probably didn't have good lines because, you know, one or two of those 14 seasons is probably the last couple of years. And and not, not only that, but like in a way, Jeremy, as you mentioned earlier, how it's Joe Mixon's season. They have a poor offensive line, but they have so many good weapons. You know, Juju, Claypool. Uh, Smith or uh, Johnson, um, they got a ton of weapons, and I actually like Pat Frymerth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but I think that was a really good landing spot for him as well. And I think he rose a little bit, even though he was most likely your most people's second tight end. Um, so obviously he didn't go over pits or anything like that, but I think just for him in general, he rose a, a bit. Um, for that landing spot, but but yeah, I, I mean, I think I think Burrow scares a lot of teams though. Where Big Ben's not going to scare a lot of teams, and I think Najee will still face a lot of light boxes, which will help him, especially that offensive line too. Because I agree with you, Eric. I think, and I, I'm not saying Najee's bad. I just no, near this, this is the way that I look at it. Is I'm just a little bit concerned from what he's coming from to what he's going to. I think he's going to get 200, 300 touches, at least 300 opportunities. He's going to get used in the passing game. He's the back. There's no other question. I mean, there's hard to argue that. I mean, you've got. Possibly Kamara has that. CMC has that. Taylor is in a split backfield. Saquon Barkley is probably another one. And then maybe Najee Harris. I mean, am I missing? Maybe Cook. 
You know what I mean? You maybe got five or six guys that are really bell cows, and I think that's what Najee's going to be, and that's where his value is going to come in. You know what I mean? That's where James Robinson got his value last year. You know what I mean? He had the whole market share. It was all his, and I think that's what I, Najee's going to have this year. So Yeah, I feel like it's going to be like Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins or Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. You come up to bat for that conversation. Um, so while we're, while we're sticking on running backs here, um, thank you for that there, Eric. Now, Keenan. Yes, sir. Hi. Uh, Jeremy, you have Javante <laughs> Williams as your number one running back. As he should be. And I know Eric likes him. I'm not too crazy. Yeah, he was on my him. number one before draft. He's my number one too. And I was good. That's what I was good. That's why I said your name first. And I was gonna say, but I realized our guests also had him first. So I want to talk to Jeremy. So you both have Javante Williams first. Uh, I've actually got him third, but what do you what do you guys love so much about Javante Williams, who you know might also be sitting for a little bit or in quite the timeshare for at least a year? Go ahead, Pope. I don't think he's gonna be in as much timeshare as everybody thinks. They knew the Dolphins wanted him. They traded up, they took him. They know that they want him and they want to use him the same way that ETN will get used in Jacksonville. Sorry, James Robinson lovers. There's a reason teams trade up for running backs because they want to use them. Um, and when they take them high, that's their point. And I think that aside from him struggling, he's going to slowly take over Melvin Gordon's role. Last year, you saw it. Melvin Gordon at the end of the year started to, you saw a lot more Lindsay than Gordon in Gordon's 28 going on 29. And I just think that they're ready to make that transition. And I I just think he's a good three down back. He's a pretty good blocker. He's very good in the passing game. And he just he runs through guys. You know what I mean? He runs them over. He runs around them. It's just he doesn't have the top end speed that like ETN has, possibly even Harris, but like I don't know. There's just a lot about him. He just runs smooth. He runs, like I said, through guys, around guys, and he just I don't know. He could probably work on his vision a little bit. I think that's Probably why he runs into so many guys, but I don't know. I just like his I think upside. He just likes to hit him. I, Mel, Mel yeah. Gordon's a free agent after next year too. So yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Yeah. You got one year that he's running a split backfield, and even at that, I think Lindsay he, had Lindsay had 130 or 120 opportunities, and Javante's only ever had 160 and produced almost thousand yard seasons every single time. So. I just I gonna, my I was going to say that he might even get caught, Melvin Gordon, but his cap hit his dad yeah, cap too is big, too big, yeah. But my 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 issue why I have him third behind Najee and Etienne is, I, what did Melvin Gordon do that he's going to get supplanted this year? I he, mean, Melvin he, Gordon he can't stay on the field. He played what did he play like thirteen games last year? Fourteen. I mean, he yeah. had double digit touchdowns. He had second highest yards per carry of his career. I think Melvin Gordon. I mean, they were very willing to let. Uh, like we just said, let Lindsey walk, not knowing they were going to get a running back, hoping they would, I'm sure. But, I mean, I agree with you. Javante Williams is definitely the best pass blocker in this class. Um, that will help him get more opportunities on third down. But I just – I don't know that that, that Melvin Gordon, I can sit here and say that for 2021, he won't be the guy. At least maybe through week 10, he'll probably oh, no, be the guy. Yeah, I think. I but, agree um, and that's yeah, where you need to, And that's where you need Williams to take over around, around week yeah. 10 when you're making that playoff push. And that's where Lin- that's what happened with Lindsay last year. You know what I mean? That's what Gordon had. I think Gordon got injured and Lindsay got used a little bit more. But this is the exact same path. If if you draft Javante Williams, you have to expect the J.K. Dobbins path. That's what you have to expect. It's gonna be Melvin Gordon for a while. 
And then as the season goes on, they're going to realize if they make a playoff push, they're going to realize, oh, crap, we got to play the better running back and it's going to go to Javante Williams. That's my that's my bold, I guess, take, you can say. Yeah, and I agree. With it. And and like I said, I I love Javante Williams. Um, the, the factors for me, I guess, like we said, he's going to be splitting with Gordon at least um, at least for the first half season. We've got to imagine. Um and then on top of that, you know, Harris, he's got the full workload, at least, you know, like we said, like we could imagine. Um, and he's got the fifth year option on, on his contract. And and you, when you mix those in with running backs and and you got to capitalize on the rookie contracts, um, he's going to have the five years on his contract. He's going to have his his rookie year of getting the full workload and producing more for fantasy, in my opinion. Um, so just getting that extra year getting the rookie season that, you know, getting the full workload. Um, those are the main reasons why he jumped ahead of uh, Williams for me. Do you think he plays his whole contract? Say it again. Do you think he plays his whole contract? He'd be 28, possibly 29 at the oh. end of his rookie contract. Najee. He's 23. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm we've, just asking. We, we've seen, I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about that because I, I mean, I don't know. It's his rookie contract. I think he's going to be fine. Um, yeah, no, I was just after that, I, I won't want any part of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that, that doesn't worry me too much. All right, that's uh, that's pretty fair. So I'm going to talk about Travis Etienne real quick. Uh, he is, like I said, my second running back. Uh, I believe Jeremy's got him. Th- I mean, most other people, it's all third if he's not your second. Uh, Landon and Jacksonville, like we said, and you know what, I. I think he's the day one starter, the three down back from the get-go. I really don't think there's any question about it. You have a whole new staff, brand new head coach, new quarterback. You're going to run that offense like that quarterback wants. And what they want is Travis Etienne. He brings another skill set James Robinson couldn't provide. As good as a season James Robinson did, he took advantage of an opportunity. Hopefully he gets to go somewhere else that they can take care of him and, and give him another chance. But I think Etienne is the guy that can – get your home run hitter he's he's what urban meyer wants he's going to get him into space he's going to probably treat him like elvin kamara you know um so so that's where you might see someone like uh james robinson getting a little bit of carries he can play the uh the other part of that role but i don't know i who actually believes that he's just going to be a third down back no one yeah that's what i mean come on anybody who believes urban meyer uh, what's I mean, coaches don't tell the truth. I don't. I think Robinson gets traded. You don't spend a first round pick it. on a third down I think, round. I, I think Robinson gets traded. I mean, it, if, if if Robinson gets traded, ET, ETN is easily number three on this list for me. I don't think it's an if. I just think it's a when. To be honest with you, like, yeah. there's no reason to keep Robinson on the roster. You have no reason. I mean, yeah. I don't good, know. Good depth. I mean, running backs get injured. And they could use him, but I mean, I think he's gonna. I definitely think he's gonna stay on the roster. I mean, Etienne's still a, a rookie. I mean, you know, I know obviously Robinson's only going into his second year, but you know, he's a proven veteran running back that can get the get the job done. And you know, and obviously, but they also have uh, Hyde there too. So and oh yeah, Urban, sorry, Urban, Hyde, thank Urban, you. Urban Meyer loves Hyde because he coached him in Ohio State. So I yeah, and no, I so- think. I, I think if you're a Robinson owner, you need him to get traded. That's what I, I'm a Robinson owner in a couple leagues. Oh, definitely. And, and I need him to get traded because I see him being the third round, third down back, the actual third down back there. Because I see Hyde getting a lot of carries, and I see ETN. They didn't trade up for him for no reason. That's that's Urban Meyer's guy now. Um, 
But, you know, we didn't – Antonio, when you and I were going back and forth at this, I did not even make the connection that Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence, went to Clemson. They had a second They had a second pick, and why not grab, you know, his running back? So I, I They didn't I, care about the crappy defense they have. They nah. went in on the offense for their first – you know, for the first two picks. That's yeah, as did. crazy as crazy as it might be, but I think, I think Urban Meyer, I think the Jags really showed how much respect they have for Trevor Lawrence, and I think they they asked like legit got his opinion on that pick at least, at least got his opinion on it. Hundred percent, he was involved. Hundred percent, Eric. That 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 happened because Lawrence wanted him. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So someone else that I'm gonna want a lot is. Freaking drafts that I'm doing. Kyle Pitts. My man is gonna be a legend before he even steps on the field. He's he should retire five. today. <laughs> he probably should, man. He Get an endorsement deal, make your what millions, did, retire. What did um, he say? What did Eric say? He should retire now. <laughs> yeah, man. Greatest greatest tight end prospect legend. ever. It's 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 all of fame and tight end prospects. So scary, you know. Atlanta, where do you have him? Where do you have him in a uh, one quarterback league? I probably have him potentially first, but it's probably going to be second. I don't know. It's it, it's going to come to need to be honest with you. Like if I need a running know. back, it's going to be different. <laughs> that's good, yeah, to, know. good to know. It's good know, to know. Thanks, Antonio. Luckily, the but league I'm in is, with you guys, I have one and two. So if you want them first, come and get them. Well, I have I have <laughs> one I have one one in two leagues in your league and and uh, my league because Alex likes to trade me one one every year. I've so I've so I was gonna I was gonna trade back with Antonio, thinking that I could get Pitts later on. Now it's not happening. So that's good to know. Continue. Well, that league you want to trade back in? I've got two, four, and five. Continue with the show. Now that so, I know you want Pitts, now you're not getting them without a without. <laughs> I knew knew I myself over. I (laughs) I said that to myself earlier today. I'm like, crap, Keenan's never going to trade me 101 after we talk today. I I was thinking you guys just brought me on because our draft starts Saturday and you guys want to know who I was taking. That's what (laughs) I thought it was. (laughs) We didn't get get there yet, Pope. We didn't get there. But yeah, I mean, he's fifth for me um, right behind Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I just, he's my my second uh, skill position player behind Jamar Chase. I love the hell out of Kelvin Ridley. And honestly, as as I was saying to Jeremy earlier, I think this helps Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be even better than he was. And I think Calvin Ridley could even be that third wide receiver they line up instead of just having the tight end spot. And you could play Hayden Hurst. And you can put Russell Gage in the slot. Like, they just drafted this tight end, and they said, F you to that second-round pick. They just threw away to Hayden Hurst plus the money. Like, they just said all that. Plus, I'm not getting a quarterback. Plus, we're not getting Panay Sewell to help the line. We're getting Kyle Pitts at number four. They got the best offensive talent in the draft. They they got the best pass catcher. They just yeah. he can play wide receiver. And yeah, Arthur Smith runs twelve personnel the most or second or yeah. second most in the NFL. So Hayden Hurst exactly. is going to be out there too. It's going to be Hurst, Pitts, Julio, Ridley. That's who's going to be out there. Yeah, Russell Gage is pretty much dead. And then Mike Smith, maybe Javanian Hawkins if they want to add some Smith? speed in there. Yeah, I think uh, Mike Davis. Yeah, who got, the second, who got the second most targets? You know, for Tennessee, where Mike Smith came from. Or geez, now you got me thinking Mike Smith. Yes, where not, Smith came who from. Is this guy? Stop it! He's the old Atlanta head coach, Mike Smith. Um, is he? So, was he Atlanta? Yeah, remember he was the old Atlanta head coach. Yeah. At least there was a connection. 
There's your connection there. No, but it was uh, Delaney Walker at a point with Tennessee Titans, and then it was Jonu Smith. Like, that's what's going to happen, man. You're going to see some of the, the most pass-happy team, which is the Falcons. They're going to do it again. They're going to throw 600-plus times. You're going to see Kyle Pitts get potentially 15% of that target, and that's that's going to be almost 90 targets for Kyle Pitts. Eric, tell us your Kyle Pitts red zone stat. He's got a red zone dropped. He's never dropped an end zone pass. That's well, truth. Hashtag fact. Well, way to go. First first, first drive of the, of the season. Pitts open the back of the end zone drops. Way to go, Eric. <laughs> way to go. Yep. Julio is a big loser for me. Um, on top of the trade rumors, they go on and draft Pitts. And he already doesn't get a lot in the red zone as is. So now Ridley and Pitts are just going to take it all up. I mean, and Mike Davis will be catching the backfield. Plus, when they trade for James Robinson, he's going to get it on the two-yard line. Like, Ooh, James Robinson would be nice. There. No, Did this you is, say this you think Julio's getting traded? Oh, James Robinson would be nice there. Anthony, oh. Antonio? What did you say? You said you think Julio's getting traded still? I don't think he is. They're going all in. They drafted Pitts because okay, they're yeah. going all in. Julio yeah, for Robinson. Yeah, I was just saying no. he, he's yeah. hurt. Julio for um, Robinson. Who says no? What do they got? Oh, what does Jacksonville get for Robinson, though? That's the question. You know, I think, that, I think honestly, I, I don't. I, I do think they're probably going to keep him for a little bit because if they were going to trade him, it would have been day two of the draft. Is my thought. Um, yeah. But but maybe they're going to go for a twenty-two third or fourth. I don't know if they'll get that much, but as it gets closer, trading, as it gets closer to the season, teams will start wanting those picks for the following draft. So I mean, I think yeah. if you're Atlanta and you start like five and one. I'd send the second. So <laughs> I'd send Julio. That's true. I wouldn't go so, that crazy. So let me ask you guys this with Pitts then. Like he is he a top six tight end for you immediately? No. For you, me, got big, yeah. you got your big three. You got your, your Kelsey Kittle and your Waller. And then what? You got Hawkinson and Andrews. Kaseki. You put Kaseki over him. Mm-hmm. I'll start that crap. Start I think who is gonna target Kaseki a lot. That's just my personal opinion. All right, we're going to talk about the other addition that Miami had in a second, but uh, I have Pitts four. Okay. I have Pitts four. Fourth, wow! Yeah. I had, I was just say I had him six. I have him six right. currently. And talking about draft value, I'm not saying what he's going to finish in. No, right? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's honestly going to disappoint a lot of people here. One, I think a lot of people are expecting that four top six finish. And I, think, I think I think he'll finish as a as a tight end one. I just think right. he's going to be more in that eight to twelve range than. Top yeah, I mean, a lot of tight, a lot of tight ends first year don't do much. They really don't. And, you know, we had a lot of Hawkinson and Fant love, and they really didn't do much their first year. Didn't do a lot their second year either. Um. All right. So, like I was saying, Jeremy, as you had mentioned with Miami and Gesicki, you know, doing well, they did have that addition of Devontae Smith, and y'all need to put some respect on Devontae Smith right now. Wrong team. Yeah, wrong team. We we seen oh, it last oh, year. We oh, seen it last year. That was my hopes. Jaden Waddle, thank you for that. You still need to all put some respect on J- on damn Devontae Smith. But Jalen Waddle, uh, Jeremy. Lightning you have in a bottle. Him. Lightning in a bottle. J- Jalen Waddle is your second wide receiver. Unfortunately. <laughs> I think uh, quickly looking, he's also Keenan second and Eric's third. So great oh, minds think alike, Pope. Yeah, Always. there you go, guys. So what do you guys think is going to happen? They got Will Fuller, who we suspended for a little bit, but they got Devontae Parker. They got Preston Williams. They got Mike Isicki. Who's Preston Williams? Who's Preston Williams? That's real. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's what's gonna happen right there. He he's gone. You can bury him. And so it's so so cool as it's all as Parker. You you could bury him too. You gotta bury, you, so everyone's everyone's getting buried for Waddle. Is that what I'm hearing? Waddle and, gonna, and I mean, Fuller. Waddle, Fuller, and Gesicki are your top three top three there. And Lynn Bowden, you know, he's gonna come out of nowhere. Who? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So you where where well, do you gonna think that Waddle's, Waddle, gonna Waddle's gonna be Waddle's gonna be the third option there, and then once Will Fuller gets hurt is when he's gonna step up. I think he's just gonna be the slot guy. I think he's gonna be that guy that He's going to play out of the slot, and I think Tua is going to target him just like Gusecki. I think Tua likes to target the middle of the field, and I think that's where he's going to go. He's going to be comfortable throwing a waddle a little bit more than Fuller, and he kind of struggled throwing the deep ball last year, um, and I don't know if it had to just do with his hip or whatnot. So I just feel like Devontae Parker is really your third option. Will Fuller's probably – they're going to try and scheme him as one because they went and got him, and he has as much talent as anybody out there. But I feel like – Waddle's going to be that PPR machine. I think he's just going to get those underneaths and he, but he's lightning in a bottle. I mean that he's a better version of Tyler Boyd. You know, he's going to be going to get those underneath like slants and drags and possibly just a little bit of a seam route in that, but he can take every single one of those plays to the house. I mean, he's just so fast and that's what makes him too for me is that he's going to get opportunities in Miami. And if he sees five targets a game, I mean, all five could almost be a touchdown. You, you know what I mean? He, just has that playmaking ability. So unfortunately I had to drop Bateman behind him just because of the landing spot. But I just think that he, he was three for me before the draft and that he just went because of what I think he's going to get used for in Miami. Keenan, do you have anything to add to that? Pulp covered it. He's got you, baby. <laughs> yeah. I no. Um, you yeah, need to, it, to take that next step though. Yeah. That's, that was, that was my next point is, I mean, he only has to throw it 10 yards. If you can hit him 10 yards on in front of him, I mean, Jalen Waddle will take it the rest of the 50. That's, that's, that's a lot of confidence. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, th- I think it's a perfect landing spot for him, honestly. I I feel bad for Parker owners, though. It, he had that great year two years ago, and I invested in Devontae Parker, and now I'm stuck with him. I'm glad um, I never was able to prime away from anybody because I tried. It's <laughs> So do you think – you know, we're talking about quarterbacks having a decision. Do you think they asked him, hey, man, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle, who are we taking? No. no. And the only reason I'm going to say that is because Waddle openly came out and said he likes Mac Jones better. So I don't think Tua <laughs> well, would have picked him. I mean, you're going to say that about your current quarterback, aren't you? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Just saying. Um, yeah, that, that's true, man. That's true. I don't know. I, I like Waddle a lot. He's my third. But I do have Devontae Smith second over him. Um, I... Uh, like I said, you guys got to be putting some respect. You got him down at 10, 11, and 12. No, 10, 12, and 12 for your top 12. I got him up here at 7. Uh, I don't know. I just I really think that he's going to come in and probably see 120 targets this year. Like Jalen Hurts is going gonna, is gonna to be throwing that ball directly to him. They got to play together for a short stint. Um, they didn't really add much other pieces, especially in free agency. And I feel like Miles Sanders could have a chance to be the third uh, along with Dallas Goddard, because I think they're going to get rid of Ertz. But when that happens, I don't know. I think Devontae Smith has a really good opportunity to be a top 20 wide receiver this year. So are we um, off the Jalen Rager bandwagon, uh, J.J. Whiteside bandwagon, and uh, Travis um, um, Fulgham. Fulgham bandwagon? I really like you know, <laughs> Fulgham if you got him, man. I, I definitely I, – I wasn't a big Rager fan. You weren't? 
not pre-draft. Oh, oh I, I thought. Well, and I then he got. Then he Ray went Ray. to the. Yeah, he, then he went to the Eagles, and I I really thought he was going to be that former Deshaun Jackson who could do something, and it just seemed like they never got it together. They never used him right. He was injured, and now year two coming up, they go ahead and they draft an alpha one. Like Rager was not never, this caliber pedigree. Yeah. So now it's like, well, I think he's going to be that second wide receiver to be able to take it off the top. But Devonta Smith is your alpha number one, and that's that's the reason why I have him up there. Is I think he has a chance to get thirty or forty more targets than Waddle, and that's consistently. So are you saying you like Hurts better than Tua? Let's argue that. I guess just real quick. I like Tua more than Hurts. But again, it comes down to opportunity. I think Hertz and Tua can both be. I think even their floors can be average quarterbacks, but they can get the ball to their receivers still. Like if you give 120 targets to uh, to Devontae Smith, he's already one of the best contested catchers in the you know in the class. I honestly think he's one of the best contested catchers in the league already, like a top 10 best contested catchers because he uses his body so well. But with that being said. I think that Jalen Hurst doesn't need to be pinpoint accurate. And if you give him 120 targets, he's going to catch 70, 75 of them. That's enough to do damage. Yeah, his catch radius is absurd. I mean, he's got long arms and he just, I've seen some some of those catches on film. He like his, just he full stride and he's like down by his <laughs> ankles his, and grabs it and just keeps going. It's his wingspan, his wingspan is 6'6. Six, six. Yeah, it's huge. It's crazy. So I yeah, love I'm not worried about his I'm, weight. I know I have him low, but it's purely size. It's weight. I, I understand. I'm not like, but it's concerning enough to me that it's like, I'd rather take Jalen Waddle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I agree. I think Devontae Smith big. is much better. I think Devontae Smith is a better receiver all around. I just, there's that weight that just a little bit concerns me. And I would rather take the risk almost maybe on Jalen Waddle than Smith. But I mean, if he falls me, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if he falls me at 10, I'm taking him. You know what I mean? Oh, I just, I'm not taking him earlier than that hypothetically you know and you know this isn't the i've been seeing Devontae smith go near the end of the first in a few of my drafts and i have been loving the leagues that i won championships or came in second in, <laughs> where i'm like all right i might be able to get Devontae smith this is fantastic yeah no, um, it is. So, so i'm definitely taking that um and yeah you're, you're just you're you're picking now between these three guys i've seen people some people waddle first i mean yeah. i think all three are going to be really good i really do we don't have any big Big wide receivers, but we have wide receivers that play big, if that makes sense. Um, speaking of, yeah, speaking of, you know, the smaller wide receivers, let's round out here with talking about um, Rashad Bateman and Rondale Moore. You know, at first when these guys got drafted, uh, Rashad Bateman went to Baltimore, Rondale Moore went to Arizona. I was not very happy about either of this. I was really excited for these two prospects coming in and maybe where they could go. But the more I look now, I, I feel like these teams might actually acclimate to their skill set. What uh, what do you guys think? I think Rondell Moore's is a little better to his skill set. I think they're going to use him as really like a screen gadget type player, um, like he was used in Purdue, which will be perfect for him. Um, how fantasy relevant that's going to be is the question. Um, but then I guess the real question for me is Rashad Bateman. I mean, he was my wide receiver too. I loved everything and anything there is about Rashad Bateman. Um, but the struggle is, that's a struggle. Yeah. I was going to get there. I mean, it's, is it Lamar? You know what I mean? Is it the offense? I mean, they're openly saying they're going to throw more, but like, are they? So 
been hearing that for years. Yeah. Well, they I added think. Watkins too. And uh, then they who? also came out and it, Sammy. Who? Yeah. And it, they, and then they also came out that they're looking for the wide receivers to to um that that want to play their style of football. Yeah. So. And Sammy, Sammy doesn't like to block all the time, so we'll see. But I mean, um, it'd be nice if Bateman plays the slot. If Bateman plays the slot, right. there, I'd be. Uh, he's going to be great. I think he just will do well. Um, but if he's playing what out, what outside, I worry. Huh? What happens with Hollywood? I'll stick him outside. Let him stretch the field. Bateman's yeah, I honestly, I th- I think Hollywood stays the same. I really do. I think you got like the Miles Boykins who don't matter. Willie Sneed's not there anymore. Um, I think that's where those targets might go. Nick Boyle. Uh, he's no longer there. Am I right? No, he was resigned. But um, Josh yeah, Oliver, the Josh Oliver, big big boy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm excited for more for more. I agree. I agree with that heavily because R.I.P. Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, there's a chance that there is a chance Rondale Moore could be the second highest targeted player in that offense. You know, I don't think Fitz is going to do it. I don't think Chase Evans might do it. There's AJ a Green. Well, Fitz hasn't even resigned. Yeah, I think it's going to be Hopkins, AJ Green, Randall Moore, and I and I think Christian Kirk is. Kirk will be like a fill-in. Hit the road. I don't know though. You know what I mean? Do they use Kirk more, and they just use Rondell Moore in certain packages? You know, how are they going to use Rondell Moore? That's the question. Yeah, that's what it's. That's what's scary me. That's why. That's what puts I them think... both right out of the first round for me. Like Rondell Moore is my twelfth, but then I there's a couple running backs behind there, and then I get to Bateman. You know. I think with both of them, I mean, in my opinion, you know, they're they're completely different. Where Bateman, I think he he's very good all around uh, wide receiver, but not an elite guy. Whereas Rondell Moore, um, he showed that he could be a potential. His talent is elite, um, but you know, he really only showed it for what one year. Um, so, and then on top of that, I think you know, obviously in Baltimore. There's just not enough to go around, I think, to keep him producing more than even a wide receiver three in Baltimore, fantasy-wise. Um, and then Rondell Moore, I think you're going to be waiting a couple years just with Hopkins, A.J. Green now. Kirk will be gone, um, not at, not this year, but potentially next year. Um, but I think I think you'll be waiting on him a little more. But like like uh, Jeremy said, he'll be using gadget plays here and there, and, and, and they'll get him involved, but... Fantasy wise, uh, you're you're going to be waiting a little bit. All right, man. Um, one more player I want to talk about, and that's Keenan. I want you to talk about Michael Carter just a little bit more again. Just kind of, I know you mentioned him earlier, but you got him as your third running back, uh, the only one of us in your in the top twelve. I love it, but tell me why I should love it even more. I just well, I think we kind of touch base on it. I mean, I, I yeah. kind of, I kind of. Uh... I'm going to contradict myself here because I said earlier that I'm a little scared because if what, what's the coach of their Jets name now? The Jets coach. Uh, name? Yeah. If he brings that San Francisco mindset where they rotate running backs, then it, it hurts them. But, but Eric made a good point earlier where he said he, he has the best talent and, and the, the running backs that are currently there can't stay on the field. So I think Michael Carter, the best opportunity for one of these running backs to become a true RB one. I think, I think he has the best opportunity because of the landing spot, not saying that he will be, but I think, I think out of trying to scroll that, I think he has a better chance than Travis Etienne right now because of Robinson there. 
Um, scrolling down here. I we talked about Trey Sermon. I, I they have twenty backs there. I I think you have to go. You have to rely on Michael Car- Michael Carter get, having a better opportunity in, in New York, and I don't know, name a couple other running backs that are behind them. But Chuba yeah, Herbert. It's just it, a lot of landing spots did not go the way I envisioned this draft to go, and I think Pope, you mentioned a couple times that you feel like this running back core, this running back class wasn't as good as we thought it was, but I think where they landed is why we feel feel that way. Um, yeah, I think it's draft capital and just yeah. they just didn't the val- go the value, where thought. Yeah, the value yeah. just and the reason I have him at as the third best running back is because of where he went because he's on the jets and the potential that he has to be an RB one there because of the, the surrounding running backs. All right, man. I appreciate it. So quick question then that up. quick question. So is it what it's, is it Harris ETN Carter Williams or how do you have it? I have, I have Harris Williams. So you have him ahead of ETN. Okay. Yeah. That's I, all I, I, I just, I, with ETN, I, I, like I said, if Robinson gets traded tomorrow, mm-hmm. ETN's my number one running back. Right? It's just, I can't see them going from going away from Robinson like that. Yeah. And I also, um, Hyde scares me. That's, yeah. It's an Ohio State guy, Urban Meyer guy, and that was their first free agent that they signed this year. And there's, there's got to be a reason behind it. Um, I, and Hyde always has that that frustrating thing about him where he signs with a team and he takes away carries from, yeah. from a running back. Go away. He did it. He did it from Chris Carson, Chris Carson for a couple, couple games. And it's He's so, an it's so core. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's so frustrating where like, Oh, it's Carl's high. Who cares? Like, I, I think I said it earlier this year when, when he signed with, with Jacksonville and I was like, Oh, Robinson will be fine. But now as like the off season develops, I'm like, Oh wait, you know, this guy actually is a threat. He's more of, I think, I think Hyde's more of a threat to Robinson than ETN is, and I think Hyde's more of a threat to ETN than Robinson is, if that makes sense. No, that's fair. Yeah, that I does, was just curious who you had him over. That's all. Yeah. All right, so like I said, let me just ask a couple questions, then we will close it out. I think that's a lot of good discussion here on some top 12. So who do you guys peg as finishing as the top wide receiver this year um, out of these rookies? So I'll start with Jeremy. Who's going to finish number one? Chase. Chase. Sorry. Chase. Keenan. Waddle. Eric. I like it. If Burrow plays a full season? No, you can't. No ifs, buts, or whatever. Give us one word answer, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go Devonta Smith. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going Chase, but it's very close between Smith and Chase. Like I, I don't know. I think I think Smith's gonna be a really good value for some people coming up. And to be honest, the number one wide receiver drafted has not finished as the number one rookie wide receiver. It's only been like two out of the last eight years. Yeah. And one of them was twenty fourteen. Um so or not twenty fourteen, sorry. Don't even listen to that part. So what I was saying for the wide receivers. Same thing for the running back. Um, same question. Who's going to finish number one? Harris. Yeah, I'm going to go Harris as well. It's probably Javon. the easy one, huh? Javante. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. I like it. 
Um, honestly, I, this I think is I'm for this go season, with, right? This just yeah, this season. Yeah, just okay, this season. Yeah. Who's gonna be the? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Etienne. I'm going bold, um, right? I bet, I bet. I bet all these answers change by by August. I, I bet know, they change tomorrow. Ask if me again if tomorrow. We, if we if we watch rewatch this and ask the same question, I guarantee we all have a different answer. But so, all right, yeah, you're probably right. So, the, uh, out of all these, then who who's going to be your rookie of the year? Fantasy rookie of the year, or are you asking like, yeah. your fantasy rookie of the year of these guys? Trevor Lawrence. Oh, bringing in the quarterback. I like it. Go ahead, Eric. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm going to go Harris. Yeah, stick it with him. I, yeah. And while you're thinking, I guess I just, you know, as a running back with the amount of carries and opportunity I think he's going to have, um, I, I just think it's going to blow any other anybody else out, out of the park. Wouldn't it be crazy, though, if he, like, walks in and, like, like RB2? You know what I mean? I have my questions, but I think it would be sick if he comes in and he's, like, RB2 on the season. It would be great, but I'll be honest. Like I said, <laughs> Javante Williams was my RB one before the draft. If Melvin right. Gordon goes away somehow, some way, then I, I I think the Broncos is a great great spot for Williams. He's he's my number two. So my MVP is going to be Jamar Chase. And I was just about to say that. I, I'm telling you, like with how great Justin Jefferson did. You you hook Jamar Chase now back up with that same quarterback who was able to make that offense shine. Like I, I think as I said, and I know I'm going more than just one word, but like literally I think Jamar Chase has a good shot, has a chance for a hundred catch, fourteen hundred yard, ten touchdown season. Like he's gonna do better than what Je- Jefferson did last year. I just I feel like he's gonna get hyper targeted and that will probably not change through who's a the who's their backup for a quarterback? Yeah, Ryan Finley. Yikes! Give me a second. I don't know. I'm I'm not worried. Like I don't know. I I they they took Jamar Brandon Chase. Allen. Brandon Allen. There you go. They took Jamar Chase over. Like I have no idea. I have no idea who that is. Fixing their linemen, who they're you know after their quarterback got injured. I don't know. I just I'm really really into Jamar Chase a lot. Who's um, Brandon Allen? You don't. He care. played last. Oh, year he's for the, bit, the, the Broncos quarterback. I think. No, Washington. No, that's Kyle Allen. I mean, Allen's are there. Damn. None of them are better than Josh. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's, uh, I think that's going to close up everything for, for you. Up, up, up. Top oh, tight end this year. Top tight end this year. Go ahead, Antonio. For the rookies? Yeah. Oh, man. Top really? The top tight end of rookies? <laughs> Hey, there's only two you. that you can choose from. Hey, you tell me. I don't know. Brevin Jordan's going to get a lot in Houston. No, he's not. <laughs> Wait until like the eighth round. Right. Taken. So make Which make one? sure, like I said, make sure you're following us all on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're checking out the website, DynastyMafiaPodcast.network. Make sure you're checking out Pope everywhere he is. Please remind everybody again where you are, Jeremy. Uh, you got a half an hour? Nah, I'll keep it short. You know, you can you can find me on Twitter at Pope's FFH, uh, articles over at Yards Per and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and at Dynasty Mafia. Awesome. And if you want to listen to another podcast, Fantasy Football Playmakers. Yes, check out the FF Playmakers. Uh, anybody else have something to close out? No, we're going to let Eric close it out tonight, though. 
Oh, Eric, you're going to close it out, close it out. So thank you again, Jeremy, for coming along. We really appreciate it. And we'll definitely be getting you on soon, buddy. Yeah, thank you again. Go ahead, Eric. Thanks again to our guest, Jeremy at Pope's FFH. Mafia out. <laughs> Mafia out. <laughs>